0: It's gonna feel real good, all right? Most dope. Everybody, please put a thumb in the air. Hey.
1: everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill mats i'm your director of fun and games for the evening uh the flyers are back so i guess we are too and they are back with a letter it's the letter we've been demanding for years um but it's not from anyone with any sort of you know authority over the future we'll get into that well i don't know Uh, about that (laughs) well as as of this very moment now i've been saying we'll get into uh let's just lead it off with the introductions and start things out with the fly by herself kelly hinkle
2: so someone whose opinion i trust listened to our podcast for the first time a couple of weeks ago and his reaction was: do you trust that's never listened to our show before very few people his reaction was, "I don't know what the point is," and I was like, "Oh, perfect! Oh, perfect! You yeah, got it. you it. mean nailed it? Yeah,
0: what, <laughs> much, what the point of what the point of the podcast is, or what the point of the flyers is? That's
2: much like, it's a show much the like flyers. the fucking there's no point,
0: point. <laughs> much like the team that we cover, there would be an how obvious I, point. <laughs> yeah, if the team had a point, but they don't. Yeah. So. <laughs> how can I have a point if they don't have a point? <laughs> it made me from, laugh."
2: Because he was They're like, fu- I'm really sorry. Like, I don't mean to be rude. And I was like, no, 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 no. You've nailed the show. They're fulfilling their
1: contracts much as I am fulfilling
2: mine.
1: <laughs> we have till February twenty eighth. Here I am. It's a show. <laughs> <laughs> From the Charlie O'Connor.
0: Yeah, I don't really got anything. I mean, dang. <laughs> I, I, they played last night. They they were they aren't very Did good. They... Like this is just you know, this is just the way it's going to be for the next thirty games. Have fun, gang.
2: Well, uh, oh, t- boy, it's going to be a show, isn't
1: it? <laughs> on today's <laughs> on today's uh, episode of You Better You Bet, we had Jerry Ferrara on, who is a uh, Bet MGM ambassador and best known turtle? at least, best known okay. to me at least. As turtle from entourage, oh my God. and he's picking the eagles. So birds by a thousand. I mean, oh, yeah, the eagles are fun.
0: Yeah, the flyers yeah, might the not giants... be but the eagles are fun.
1: Yeah, the giants fan, uh, turtle, aka Jerry Ferrara, taking the birds. Then how do you not out there, people? Uh, all over it, go birds, eagles, etc. Okay, so the flyers, huh? Well. We've been talking for for quite a while now about how if the organization would just do what the Rangers did and come to grips with the position that they're in and just be realistic with us, be honest with us about where things need to be going, then at least it would be a plan. And we can get on board with a plan. Well, they sort of did. The head coach, John Tortorello, put out a letter of his own basically saying, Hey, we're working hard, but we're not there yet, and this is gonna be a long process. Um, that's great. But the last I saw, the last, you know, last time I looked at the power structure of any National Hockey League organization, the head coach makes very few decisions about the future of the franchise. Your initial yeah. reaction to this, and we'll get into some more stuff, but just, like, when you saw that it was John Tort- that there was a letter, and it was under the heading of Head Coach John Tortorella,
2: what did you think? So I, I mean, I thought it was, it was good. I mean, first of all, of course it came from torts, and this is something, Charlie, that you pointed out in your article about it, is that we don't want to hear from chuck fletcher at this point we don't want to hear from dave scott we don't like these people we don't want to see their faces we don't want to talk to them tortorello we like we're still good on him so if they're going to make any kind of statement coming from him is is the way to do it because he's the only guy that any of us i think are willing to listen to at this point point. and i think the thing that people are missing in this is that it wasn't like john tortorella put this statement out by himself like no. the flyers put this statement out so this is the flyers saying these things and they didn't go as far as i think a lot of people wanted but they went farther than they have before and i think that's worth something i mean the the problem is that like no one's going to be happy until chuck fletcher gets fired that's the thing so they can yeah, yeah they can say all of these things and these things that they're saying are good But until Chuck's fired, like, no one gives a shit, really.
0: Yeah, that's really what it boils down to, because I agree. Mm -hmm. I think that this was a measurable step, a real step in the direction that people want them to take, because it was not insignificant that the Flyers in the past have not been willing to publicly admit in any sort of organization-wide sort of statement that this is going to take a while, we can't fix this quick. I mean, you think back, after the 2021 season, they basically blamed the whole thing on COVID. Then you had the aggressive retool. Then you had this summer when it's like, okay, well, maybe not as aggressive, but it's still a retool. And then you had Fletcher in December saying, we're five points out of a playoff spot. Like That has been the message is that, no, we can fix this, we can fix this. What happened in December that I found fascinating was that You had Fletcher do the whole work five points out of a playoff spot thing, but then right before that, you had Torts basically saying essentially everything he said in this letter. To me, what this letter is, because the way that that December media availability went, it struck me as Torts was telling the truth as he saw it, and then Fletcher came out with the truth as the organization wanted you to believe, but no one actually believed it. This is them basically saying, remember that December thing? Yeah, Torts was right and Chuck was wrong. We're endorsing the Torts view of the situation. And that is a measurable—it's measurable movement. It's not where necessarily people want it to be, but it is measurable movement from where they were. But if they were endorsing it, why wouldn't they put their names on it? Because no, because they because no, because the old, the old, no that, that's, that's that's this a, is the thing we want to hear from. That's them. a stupid argument because if you put Chuck Fletcher's name on it, all people are going to say not is Chuck has Chuck gone, Chuck's not gone, Chu- fire. Him. Not Chuck Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher is a
1: symptom of the problem. Chuck Fletcher has a job because he's buddies with Bob Clark, and it's the old boys network of imbeciles getting work because they're all pals. This to me is a ha- another half measure. It's just. It is this a is what measure. we want to hear from the. It is this a half is what measure. We want to hear from the. I I, organization. Dis- uh,
0: I, I agree it's a half measure. I disagree that the person, the person whose name is attached to it, matters at all because it doesn't. Except it gives people something to yell about.
1: I mean, how doesn't it matter when the people who are going to be making the decisions didn't say it because they're the ones who approved it, and that but their names aren't aren't it. Who which gives allows a fuck? Them, I do. I give a fuck! Because the people who made the decisions who are going to make the decisions didn't say it. They're putting it on someone else again. So when Bernie Perrant's daughter or someone shows up for a a fucking interview and says, no, 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 I can fix it, they say, oh, well, you know, John Tortorella thought this, but, you know, actually, there's some free agents we have our eyes on, and we really like Wade Allison, We think he's going to take another step, and it's just more bullshit. It's not at all what I want. I know John Tortorella's not a fucking moron. I know this, because I've been listening to him talk all season. He seems plugged into reality. Yeah, great, they put it out in the Flyers' social media. It's the Flyers' message. Unless Dave Scott or somebody in the front office's name is on it, it's meaningless to me because is is John Tortorella the next GM or is he hiring the next GM? Is he the next president of hockey ops or is he hiring the next president of hockey ops? If the answer to any of those questions is no, then his take on this organization long term is meaningless.
0: See, I, mean, I i totally i totally disagree with the underlying argument you're making. Because if this would, if you would have done this exact, Why same, I give if, if you would have done the exact same, out. this exact same message and slapped Dave Scott's name on it, people would just respond with, "Well, who gives a fuck? Dave Scott's an idiot; he doesn't know hockey." By putting Torts's name on it, it's like, "Oh, this guy knows hockey," and the organization is endorsing what he said. It has nothing to do with
1: knowing hockey. It has nothing to do with knowing hockey. It, it, it has, has everything, everything to do, to do, with, do with knowing with, hockey. It has everything to do with who makes the fucking decisions. It isn't John Tortorella. Yeah, I think it might be <laughs> who, John
2: Tortorella. <laughs> who, who's
1: That's sorry? great. Listen, I've said all along, I think he is angling for a position higher up. And ultimately, the fruits of his labor will not be seen while he's behind the bench. It will be when he is the president of Hockey Ops. But until that happens, this organization gets zero benefit of the doubt because they're run by imbeciles who still as far as I've seen, haven't acknowledged the obvious. This team sucks and is going nowhere. Still, nobody with any decision-making power has acknowledged that. There's a letter from the coach. The coach knows. We knew this from day one. He said this shit in training camp. So what did you I... want? Somebody above him to say he's right.
0: But, they, but they're, they're saying that by releasing no, it. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Because there's no, they, way, this, they, banana, there's no exactly way this would have been released if they didn't approve it. it.
1: It's exactly what they've done all year. Let John John Tortorella say the shit John is going to say, and the people who agree with him will go, oh yeah, see, they know what they're doing. And the people above him will go, ha, fuck them, we're still coming. No,
0: there's a huge, huge difference between letting John Tortorella speak off the cuff to the media, which they know they can't control what John Tortorella says to the media on a given day. They've accepted that. And having John Tortorella's preferred message to go out to season ticket holders and go through about 50,000 different approval processes and getting the rubber stamp from Dave Scott ownership. There's a huge difference between the two of those things.
1: Then put your name on it. If you believe in it,
2: put your name on it. So, okay. Once, one sec here, boys. Um, since it's, Everyone wants to talk about the Rangers letter as, like, the gold standard of we're, we're fucking terrible letters. Um, did Dolan sign that letter? Or no. was it, like, from the Rangers organization? It, I don't or? believe
0: it was from anyone.
2: It, it just was, was, It was basically
0: right? just, like, a press release.
2: I feel like people have retconned that letter.
0: Oh, they have. Lot, it's, to- it's totally like, been... Re- the-, the word rebuild wasn't even dropped in that letter. It's totally been retconned.
2: No people act like that letter was like we are a horrible hockey team we are going to tear it all down and build from the bottom up and it wasn't it was in spirit kind of exactly what john tortorella said there were some explicit things in that rangers letter that were missing like we're gonna trade some dudes yeah i think was essentially that was the the rangers letter but but it was essentially the same you know it's gonna suck for a little while This team has a lot of work to do. They're going to be bad before they're good. Like all of that kind of, that essence was there in this letter. And I think that the problem here, which I think to Bill's point makes a lot of sense, is that we all know. And I think John Tortorella knows that the people currently in charge aren't going to fix this. Like they don't know how to fix it or they're unwilling to fix it. So Even if they are approving of this message, until they do, like, if Chuck Fletcher makes some kind of trade in the next week that says to me, oh, wait, maybe he realizes. Like, if he does the TK thing that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, maybe then I'll be like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe they do know what's happening. But right now, they haven't shown us anything that we should believe they know what they're doing as far as fixing this team. And that's, that begs my next
1: question is why now? Why is this, why is it imperative right now? The trade deadline is March 3rd, so under a month away. Like, to me, it's a couple of reasons. One, it's just a season ticket renewal ploy. Yep. Oh, That's absolutely part of it. If you're not an idiot, uh, you know the direction this team is going in. They go, hey, see, we see it too. Okay. All right. I guess. Uh, still, it doesn't give me a ton of confidence that it's from the coach. Are they preparing us for something? So, or did they just want it to line up with the State of the Union? So, I feel yeah, like the best is the case actual scenario. State of the union? Yeah. The actual State of the Union. <laughs> like, to me, the best case scenario is this is in preparation of, yeah, you know, Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny, they're fucking gone. Um, yeah, you
0: know, I don't. I don't think Kevin. Case, I, I don't think Travis is going anywhere. Kevin Hayes is. That's gets more interesting.
1: It <laughs> sounds like there's actual interest in Hayes, which is surprising and opt. You know, gives me some optimism. But we're. I just mean like, best case scenario is they're putting this out now so that they can refer to it when they do actually do something that's in the vein of this. Hey. We get it. We know, and we have to start over, sort of situation, and go. We prepared you for this, or it's just marketing bullshit.
0: So I think it's a little bit of both. I, I do think yeah. that the I think the season ticket holder thing is is a-, a key part of this. They're trying to get renewals. They know that that place hasn't been full all year, and they know that there is a good chance they're going to bleed even more season ticket renewal people. Season ticket renewals. They know that. They're trying to get out in front of it. Number two, and this is honestly just a logistical thing. They they have the team hasn't played in a week. This does give gaps in the schedule because it had been a very busy schedule. Gaps in the schedule do give everyone involved in the the, to the higher ups a chance to kind of take a step back and have conversations that are a little bit harder to have when you know you're trying to you know watch a hockey team every day, which is I mean my job, and I can tell you. It's time-consuming. It takes up a lot of your time. So that's part of it, too. Number three, and this is where I do think a little bit of what you're saying, Bill, can come into play here. I didn't see the letter as really—it it didn't strike me as them, like, preparing us for anything imminent. What did strike me is them potentially preparing people for something imminent was the thing that came out today about them basically giving the three home games in April. They're bas- what they're, so what they're doing. What they're doing here is they're basically saying, "Hey, if you're a season ticket holder and you renew for next year, we're- and you renew, which is a big part, it's a big part of it." we will give you a credit for those three games, so basically those three games will count towards your package for next year, meaning that you will only have to pay for 38 home games next year rather than 41. Now, why that is interesting to me, aside from the fact that it's very clearly a ploy to try to get people to renew, that's funny. Also, you know, sure, you know, at season ticket holders, if you're still sticking around, you deserve all the, you know, all the, uh, you know, all all the things. (laughs) Give them all the things. That's cool. But...
1: Everything we made fun of, season ticket holders, for demanding, if you're still there, you deserve all of it and more. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're sticking through this, and you're going to buy next year, too, yeah. you know what? Demand away. Yeah. You should get a milkshake a game.
0: All the promos, all the stuff, you know, everything like that. But it does, it does propose an interesting idea, because by saying that the three games in April are now free for season ticket holders— there is an element of an admission that those games games aren't going to have any, like, relevancy whatsoever with regards to anything. We're not battling for a playoff spot in April. And also by then there might be some of the good players that you're watching now. Some of the ones they do have, they might not be here anymore. Come April. So here we're going to give you some free games because that's not the team you thought you were, you, you even thought you were paying for. So that was, a that to me was more interesting from it. Like something could happen at the deadline type of thing versus the letter, The letter to me was more just them two months later admitting that John Tortorella was right in December. That to me was what the letter was.
2: That's which is good, it's it's progress.
1: if, If it's if they go forward acting as if that's actually true, what John Tortorella has been saying since he got hired is true. And we see it and we're going to acknowledge it and do something about it. Awesome. I just refuse to give these people any benefit of the doubt because they have earned none. They've done absolutely nothing. <coughs> I'm dying again, still have COVID. <laughs> uh, but, st- like, we are sitting here again through yet another lost season. And they have done nothing, still nothing, to try to improve. Or try to get worse. Or they just constantly play out a string of meaningless games. Like, oh, you're going to give people three free ones in April? What about the last two years? Like, none of these games have been meaningful basically since, like, COVID hit the team in the outdoor game. Like, nothing has counted since then. Uh, And they just keep doing nothing. I can't possibly, cannot possibly, give them any sort of benefit of the doubt when i've been watching the same thing over and over for multiple seasons oh thanks. Real... Yeah, you, you gave up a second third and fourth for tony d and you gave up a first for Ra- for rasmus risteline appreciate it guys fucking appreciate it
2: well tony's from here did you know that
1: yeah yeah okay
2: so that's important <laughs> so
1: they um... saved on moving costs at least
2: uh what was i gonna say my brain turned off. Oh, the real mistake here is that... watching hot. Well, that. Yeah, the real mistake happened in, like, 1996 for me. But um, <laughs> the real mistake was letting those few wins against shitty teams in California save Chuck Fletcher's job. That's because the, the vibes like, were getting real fiery. The most optimistic thing
1: and you know i yelled for the first 10 minutes of the show about not putting anyone in the front office's name on the letter like the thing i take the most optimism from is that it wasn't co-signed by fletcher fletcher's done right
0: like he's outing i don't know well see to me that was like you yelled about it being a half measure that they didn't have dave scott's name or whatever to me the half measure here and I think this is the half measure for most people. And as Kelly said at the yeah. start of the show, everything the Flyers do to the vast majority of fans, particularly those of the online variety, everything, anything the Flyers do, short of firing Chuck Fletcher, is going to be viewed as a half measure because they fucking hate the guy. And, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that the reason why John Turrell's name was on this letter is because ownership knows... That John Tortorella is liked and trusted by a lot of the fans, and Chuck Fletcher is hated and distrusted by pretty much all the fans. So, they know that. They know that to the degree that they're not willing to stick their general manager's name on the big letter to season ticket holders. They know that. They acknowledge it. Yet, they're going to keep him around.
2: Right. Yes, that's the problem. Like like that
0: that to me is the half measure because it's like you kind of like you want to have your cake and eat it too. You want to be like, "See, we get it. We know how bad this is, but we're not going to serve you up the meat that you want, which is this guy's head on a spike."
1: But t- and to me that's once again the problem. They like him cuz he's part of the family. He's Bobby Clark's buddy. So yeah. he gets to stay, even though he's fucking horrible at his job. But the people ab- above him are all bad at their jobs, so they don't get how bad he is. Like, if they acknowledge that things are awful and they need to change, and but say Chuck Fletcher's the dude to do it, uh, that means we're in for 10 more years of this. Like, that's all that means, is that this is going to continue for a, even longer than it has to. And it's not going to be quick with goddamn genius at the helm,
2: yeah, I'm I just, a... yeah,
0: I just don't see. I mean, regardless of we've litigated and relitigated and talked about the Chuck Fletcher tenure for so much on this show, but regardless, how is he still employed? <laughs> re- regardless of how much of it is his fault, how much of it is bad luck, how much of it is whatever, there is no saving this from a like fan based trust standpoint with Chuck. Like it's over. No. It's over. Like people hate this Look, fucking guy. They
1: hate it. If he like what could he do outside of like trading for Connor McDavid to get anyone's trust back? Like I can't. <laughs> there's nothing realistic that he could do. That no. cuz it would all just be like, "Okay, cool. You're negative 80 and you made up a Okay, now you're negative 79. Way to go.
2: You made one move." <laughs> like what? Yeah, well that's the thing like anything that he did even Like, it would take a year before anyone would admit if it was good or bad. Like, especially after the Ellis thing, which we were all so very excited about. And it turned out to be an abject disaster. So, even if he goes out right now and he makes a trade that instantly looks like a win for the Flyers. That is true. I, I might be excited about it, but I'm hedging. A little bit until like next season when i see what that dude does if he did that comments, that's fair it, like if he traded for like an all-star
1: i would put money on the idea that that all-star gets hit by a bus <laughs> like uh, there's just no fucking like that's i'll i'll, I'll, I'll throw it back to like sam Hinky. like if you liked hinky or didn't the guy just had bad luck and you needed to move on from that bad luck. If Chuck Fletcher's whole problem is luck, we need to get this juju out of the organization. <laughs> like, even if it's just that, we need to rid ourselves of that.
2: It's, it's, I, I think that they're going to really regret. Because I, I do agree with you, Bill, that I think that they know that this is over. And because of that, letting him have control over this deadline is like a real problem because if you're gonna fire him this summer or simply make him just president and hire somebody else whatever the fuck you're gonna do to solve this chuck fletcher problem you shouldn't let him make any more decisions if he's a lame duck like what what are we doing why are we doing this it doesn't make any sense
1: this is allowing paul holmgren to give andrew mcdonald the contract
2: yeah but like for a
1: year like allowing that to go on for a year plus. Rather than a day, like oh yeah. fuck, man, we thought we, we we thought we could just leave you alone while we were on vacation, and we couldn't do that. <laughs> like you burned the house down, so like no, it's it's yeah, that that person's still in charge after he burned the house down, and oh, he did it again. Like I just, <laughs> I, it's it's
0: unbelievable. I, I guess it's, it's idea... truly it's truly wild to me, and like I guess this, you know, and look, I come at this from a different perspective because number one, like I don't have the total like visceral hatred of chuck fletcher that you guys and the vast majority on online fan base does because i deal with the guy and like he's a nice enough dude like i don't particularly like to see him like you know decapitated at the guillotine like everybody wants him to be that said uh- it does shock me like it's very clear that ownership like wants to be liked like they really they really want people to like them and like they're doing a real fucking one bad thing job it. Like, like there's there's one thing they could do that everyone would lose their like be like yeah this is great yes. we're happy with you and like they just won't do it and it's wild to me how much they care about being liked yet they like they won't do the one thing like look uh, here's the thing with Chuck Fletcher like, even if, you, even if you give him, like, the benefit of the doubt and you say that, you know, he's gotten a lot of bad luck and whatnot, like, it's not like he's, like, the greatest GM ever. It, it, it's impossible for me to envision a scenario where, like, in six years, like, everyone's like, man, we shouldn't have let Chuck Fletcher leave. Like, I, I guess it, it just, it's just wild to me that they, they continue to not want to do this thing that everyone wants them to do. Despite the fact that they care enough about everyone being mad at them to release letters like this, you know what I mean? Right. There,
2: the, it, it's it would be such a simple way to galvanize the entire fan base behind the organization. It's one thing. Like it would, know. it would
0: almost be more like. I could get it more if I just didn't think they gave a shit. If they were just like, you know what? Fuck these fans. They're stupid. They don't get what we're doing here. So we're going to keep doing what we do. Like, I would think that's insane, but I would at least be like, well, it's consistent. Like, that's why they're keeping everybody. (laughs) But like, they, again, they just, they want to do this like half in, half out thing where it's like, no, we feel your pain. But like that one thing you really, really want us to do, we're not going to do that for you.
1: And that's why like, Listen, I want Chuck Fletcher fired, but that alone accomplishes nothing. Like, I mean, the guy has no... His replacement makes
2: a big difference. Yeah,
1: like, the guy has no credentials. He's never been to a conference final. He's been running a hockey team for a decade. And, like, he's never done the bare minimum. He's made the playoffs a few times. Like, it's fucking hockey. It's basically pinball. Everyone makes the playoffs every now and then. (laughs) Like, oh, your goalie was good for two months. You're in the playoffs. Congratulations. Like, he's never accomplished anything in the sport of note. But I don't care about Chuck Fletcher. It's those people above him. It's why he has the job. Because they don't know what they're doing. And firing him? Cool. Great. When they fired Ron Hextall, you know what I said? Oh, well, it's not going to get any worse. And Chuck Fletcher, oh, we have a bias for action. Remember all that? We were so yeah, How'd that go? Well, they, they did do G-
0: stuff. They did stuff. But just <laughs> mostly, wasn't good
2: stuff.
1: No, they did stuff for they did stuff for a couple of days, and then they stopped doing stuff entirely. They work no one or two days. They work one or two days a year, and then never do anything again. And cross their fingers. Oh wow, yeah, half of our players are dead. Well, I don't know. Bring up Anne Le Perrier's favorite guys, I guess.
2: Like oh well, <laughs> guess what?
1: Guess what's not gonna work? That. But, uh, uh, it's just. I no- there's nothing we can do about ownership and that's why I never want to really talk about it. Yeah. But unless there's a real change in the dynamic or those people actually start to fucking understand the root of the problem, and that there won't be an actual organizational change. And that's what leads me to the question, is John Tortorella running thing?
0: Like putting his name Charlie on was it was
2: making a lot I- of faces earlier. I- I know he's, the no, reason
0: he, he's not running things but I think it's abundantly clear that like between Fletcher and Tortorella like one guy actually has pull and one guy really like he does because like in theory he could like trade away a bunch of dudes and like he's president and, and GM so he could but like if there's ever If there's ever an opportunity for, like, ownership to pick between Tortorella and Fletcher, they're picking Tortorella, and everybody knows it. So Tortorella does have a lot more power than I think people realize.
1: And that's, like, if John Tortorella is angling for the authoritative positions, where he's more than just the bench boss, awesome. I don't know if he's the answer. Like, maybe as a... Maybe not the everyday decision maker, but just the go between, like the hockey man in that spot to talk to ownership and like make them understand why things are necessary. That's cool. I don't know if I want him as the guy, you know, developing players and drafting guy into it. Like, I don't know. Probably not. He's not young enough for that. But just in that position of, I know the fucking game. Uh, it, 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 it seems like they could do a lot worse than him. I'm hoping that's what's going on, and it's not just well, people like the coach, so we're gonna put his face on it. I like don't. That, that's the wrong reason to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is like you keep saying this, and I, I, I don't. I wonder if it's like more like wish than anything. Like, I don't think John Tortorella is like angling to take Chuck Fletcher's job as GM. Not,
1: not angling. I just think his. If his ultimate goal is restoring respect to the Flyers organization and bringing us back to that level of glory and honor, there's zero chance he accomplishes that as the coach of this team unless he's going to coach into his fucking 80s. So if his ultimate goal is that, then it's moving up into the organization.
0: Yeah, or or creating a foundation for the next coach, you know, maybe a a protege of some sorts, something like that. Like that's possible. I I just I think Tortorella is like most coaches, where he while he knows that he is not a general manager, and I don't think he wants to be the general manager in the sense that he makes all the decisions. But he does want a degree of control over which players get gone. And which players stay, and which player which types of players they bring in. Like every coach wants that degree of control. They want to be able to say, I don't like this guy, get him out of here. And like, is that being the GM? Like, no, he's not saying like no. trade like trade Kevin Hayes for a second round pick and retain X amount of salary. It's more that he wants to have the power to basically say to whoever is doing those things, like this is what I want you to do. Now find a way to do it. And my point is is that I think right now, like, let me put it this way. Let's say John Tortorella goes to Chuck Fletcher and says, you got to get rid of Kevin Hayes. I can't deal with him. I don't think the situation is that bad. This is just a thought experiment. But let's say he does that. He says that to Fletcher. Then Fletcher spends a month looking into trade possibilities and tells Dave Scott, like, I, I know we, you've been involved in this idea of maybe trade, trading Kevin Hayes. We can't do it. There's nothing out there. And then, then Torts says to Dave Scott or through back channels or whatever is like, I can't win with this guy. Get rid of him. I think given the, the prospective job securities, the respective job securities of both guys, that Dave Scott and the ownership might be like, Chuck, you are on the hot seat. Find a way to get rid of this guy that the coach we like a lot more than you right now wants gone. That's more what I mean by he has power. It's not that he's pulling all the strings, but it's that if he wants to go to war for something, he can win it. And because, like, let me put it this way. If you're in Chuck Fletcher's spot, and you know that if you go to war with your coach, you're going to lose, that means you're not going to go to war with him. You're just going to do what he wants you to do. That's where the power comes from.
1: Yeah, and John Tortorella's in a great position of no matter who he wants gone, the public will agree with him, because there's (laughs) no one on the team anyone likes. Like, oh, you know, I I have some reservations about you wanting to outright release Carter Hart, but honestly, I don't give a shit. Go for it. (laughs) You know? like Scott Lawton, maybe I'd have some problems with, but... If there's one guy on the team the coach likes, it's got to be Scott Lawton. So. Like, he might be the only guy. Yeah, he might be the one of the 30 guys. So at least we won't lose that. And it's like, I don't know. I just, all the legacy stuff Tortorella talked about in really coming into the season. Uh, and Just how he talked about the Flyers. And listen, he's also media savvy. He knows how yeah. to get to people like me. Like, yeah, talk up the fucking history. Say you want to return that, like, I get it. I know I'm being fucking, you know, I'm being placated. Pandering but also, works. Pandering but, works. like Yeah, like, I understand he's pandering to me. But also, like, he's not making that up. He's not pulling it out of thin air. I'm sure he had more than one job offer, and I bet one, I bet one of those job offers was in a better situation than the place with no great players and no cap space.
0: Yeah. It's... I I don't know the the Tortorella thing, as I said, it's not that he's like, it's as I, as I kind of hinted, it's, it's like, you're not going to go to war with someone, you know, you're not going to win a war against. So then you're just going to do what they want you to do. And I think that's the position that Tortorella and Fletcher are in right now. And again, this goes back to my point about like, a half measure. If you're, if you're at the point with Fletcher where you're clearly siding with the coach over the GM on this messaging in December, which is the way this plays. Whether they intended it or not, that's the way this plays. Because the Tortorella letter was basically exactly what he said in early December, right before Chuck Fletcher went up there and was like, we're five points out of a playoffs, but we still think we can be competitive. Guess what? If they want if they wanted to do that, they could, because the team since Christmas hasn't been that bad from a record standpoint. No, no. They could yeah. I mean it would be completely delusional and insane. But if they were willing to do it after a 10-game losing streak, they certainly could have chosen to done it to, to have done it, you know, after they're on a hundred point pace for a month and a half, but they didn't. They chose to to go with the messaging that Tortorella won it which is a change, but it's like if you're going to pick that messaging over the messaging the GM preferred, then, like, why is the GM still here? That's, yeah, that's, that's my thing. Him, dude. That's my thing.
1: I, I absolutely love that they've played much better and they lost ground in that time.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's really not brilliant. enough. No, not enough. No, but they're still like a bottom 10 team, right?
0: Yeah, they're like, they're six points out of the final wild card at the moment. They have they have played a bunch more games than the Penguins who hold it, but like they are they were five points out in early December. They are now six points out now.
1: But how that's
2: many not points? Bad. They in were like nine last points? week, weren't they? My thing is how many points into the lottery picks are they? Because that's where I was getting worried. They were starting to play themselves out of the lottery.
0: Well, I mean they're recorded they're gonna be in the lottery as long as they don't make the playoffs. Yeah,
2: they're not it's more
0: a matter of whether they play themselves out of the top ten.
2: That, that that's the one that I in. All right, let's. Look. Uh, I think they're pretty like well out. No, that's top no, not at this not,
1: not the, vision, the league. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They are exactly tenth, tied Christ. with Ottawa, with two game two more games played than Ottawa, so they're tenth
2: everyone please just settle down <laughs> just, like,
0: the games are going to get tougher like they're playing better teams i that's think, true yeah, yeah. i do think they're going to lose more the rest of the way which again like that's why i kind of appreciate the whole like hey these april games ain't gonna matter because we're not going to try to we're not going to try to sell you the idea that we are going to be competing for a playoff spot we at least and know they're that
1: they're gonna they're gonna trade some guys, like, right? JVR's like,
0: getting moved.
2: I don't know. I don't trust Chuck Fletcher to be able to get it back done to, because he stinks. No.
1: Yeah, he's he's not very good. Um <laughs> Are the like my idea that maybe they're preparing us for something is a bit like Charlie, you said Hayes is a possibility. Yeah. Do you think there's any re- any reasonable chance that it's tk or proveroff
0: i don't think there is any chance it's tk proveroff is more of a like i don't think i think it's gonna happen i don't think it's gonna happen at the deadline but like hey if somebody blows them away with an offer they're listening you know what i mean i would be surprised if proveroff goes at the deadline i don't think it's gonna happen but like it's at least it's at least in the realm of possible. I don't think t- Travis Konechny is even in the realm of possibility. I think, you know, we just talked about this, and I actually, I responded to somebody in my comment section on the article I wrote on the Tortorell letter this morning, and basically they were like, well, does this make it more or less likely that Travis Konechny is going to be traded? And I was like, honestly, I mean, Fletcher wasn't going to trade him regardless because, like, Chuck knows he's trying to keep his job, and is the best player on the freaking team, so, like, he's not going to trade him away because he's trying to sell the idea they don't need to rebuild. But tortorella gaining more power and this doesn't help the tk situation at all if you want them to trade him because tortorella loves the guy and tortorella yeah. wants travis connect to be part of this so tortorella this is why this is where it goes back to the whole concept that tortorella was hired maybe one or two years too soon because tortorella is looking at, at this as yeah. i'm in a rebuild but i'm in year one of the rebuild Whereas I think they probably needed a year or two more of just stinking before they yeah, actually yeah. started the rebuild. But because this is year one of the rebuild for Tortorella, at least he believes they should be in a rebuild. But because this is year one of a rebuild, he's already looking at the guys in the team and being like, all right, my rebuilds take about two, three years. So Travis Konechny should be part of my rebuild. I, I don't <laughs> want him gone. So we need to keep Travis connected. Now, my whole problem with the Tortor- my whole problem with the whole Tortorella hire, and I've said this on multiple occasions. It was never that I didn't think Tortorella was a good coach. It was that actually I thought he was too good of a coach because
1: the, Yeah, i was going to say it's the opposite.
0: Because the fl- we, what, we what thought the Flyers needed to
1: do this. Yeah,
0: what the Flyers needed was another couple years of being real bad, probably unintentionally just from sheer incompetence to stack <laughs> their prospect pool with a bunch of future potential future stars, guys with that kind of upside. Then you bring in John Tortorella to implement the, you know, the accountability and the culture and all that shit. And then, then if you start year one of the actual rebuild in two years, then he makes sense as a hire because you've got cutter Gauthier and two or three other guys that are on cutter Gauthier's level instead of just cutter Gauthier and whoever they get at pick 11 in this draft. Like that's my issue. I think they hired Tortorella a year or two too soon. Now, Grant, I don't know if they could have hired him a year or two later because like he ain't young, but that was my whole problem with the Tortorella hire was that I didn't like the timing. I like the coach. I didn't like the timing. I still have those same concerns with this whole thing because I don't think Travis Konechny fits the timing for a good team. But what I think John Tortorella is going to do. Is he's going to make the Flyers okay. He's going to build this culture. And he's going to make them better. But he's going to make them better. With the ceiling of a good team. Not the ceiling of a great team. And then we're going to have to go through this again. For another 5-6 years. Before that falls apart. And then they have to actually rebuild the fucking thing.
1: I love this. I really. I, like, <laughs> imagine what they're paying. Their front office staff. And the three of us all basically said this was exactly what was going to happen. Like in August, like you could pay us so much less.
2: Yeah, here's the thing: you is. be coming um, out
1: way ahead. Just let one of us run the organization. Doesn't we, even have to be all three. Pick we one all out of got a pack. Fired.
2: So you know. Yeah, I'm a fail. You want to pay us to I'm do that
1: <laughs> My contract's up in February. You want a new general manager? <laughs> well, I, you know, baby. I, I, got, I got. <laughs> I got nothing but time here, Flyers. He's got I, ideas. Yeah, think about how entertaining these press conferences would be. I mean, must-see fucking television.
0: You'd make them fun. General
1: Manager Bill Max.
2: Butts in oh, seats. Accent yeah. so and dis- all.
1: The, dis- <laughs> the disrespect that I would show Charlie in the press conferences. <laughs> I would I would speak to the media twice a week just to fuck with Charlie. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, so, um, Kevin Hayes, where's he gonna go? <laughs> I hate, I fucking hate them so much that they put us in this position that we have to like talk about nonsense. I you know how nice a playoff push would be to talk about? Like, remember God, I would days? Love that. Even the fake, like, oh yeah, yeah, we had a ten game losing streak, but we're still pushing for the playoffs. Like, at least that felt real. <laughs> like, this is. I, they're just stuck in the fucking mud, and they have been for so long.
2: Who, Who the fuck's gonna take Kevin Hayes' contract? Who is this team? Is it Edmonton?
0: I, I've, we've talked about Colorado as a possibility if the Flyers retain. Ah,
1: retain. They badly need to replace that Nas Kadri role. Like, Kadri is by no That's means a, fair a star. Point. By no means a star, but they missed that secondary scoring so bad. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Hayes, the way he's playing this year is that. He scores.
0: Yeah, he scores the he's, points. He scores. And you know, the, the thing about the Avs is that, like, their way of playing defense is just to have the puck a lot. And that have probably fits, yeah. fits Kevin Hayes, who, like, isn't that good at the defense.
1: He likes to have the puck.
2: Yeah. A fucking wild concept, just doing offense all the time. Yeah. <laughs> be on
1: offense you know when the other team can't score when you have it when you're scoring like, the no matter how good your positioning is they can always just fucking throw it at the net and it can go in if you have it they can't do that can't do it just um, keep keep the puck uh, any sort of like Wild card guys, you think could potentially be me- Chuck Fletcher isn't going to do fucking shit. Nothing. We're going to have the exact same roster on March 4th that we have today. Like, I, I don't even know why. Like, I oh, any wild cards? Like, yeah, you know who's, who's <laughs> going to get traded? Justin Braun.
0: I mean, he probably Justin is, Braun. if anybody wants Justin him.
2: Braun.
0: <laughs> to me, I, I mean, to me, the, the one wild card, and this, to be <laughs> clear, this is just pure, pure speculation on my part. This isn't anything I've heard. But, the one wild card who I could at least, like, you know, maybe, is D'Angelo. And the reason the is— D'Angelo like, makes sense. No, but the reason is is because he only has another year left on his deal. A year. He hasn't been playing that well, but he does score a lot of points. And, like, I don't think they're going to trade him because I think they like the whole— I think Torts likes him as a person. He likes his attitude. Oh, he, and I think the, I think ownership likes the fact that he's local, that they can sell that.
2: Paizans!
0: But— but that, that doesn't, like, he, he played on the third pair last night. They know he yeah. sucks at defense. Like, this ain't working. They got him because they thought, hey, maybe he can be the Proveroff whisperer. And I, I got news for you. He ain't whispering. So, like, <laughs> he's a guy who, if somebody who decides they want to get a power play quarterback you know maybe they blow you away with an offer and you're like well we're not we're not trying to trade him but sure if you're willing to give us a first round pick in 2023 we'll give you Tony D'Angelo that works
2: the only thing about that signing that didn't make me want to kill myself was when I looked at the contract I'm like oh well they can totally trade him at the deadline like super easily but he's been so bad that I was kind of thinking that option was off the table Yeah, because good
0: teams have good defensemen to pair him with. Yeah, he could fit on a good team, (laughs) as we discussed. The Flyers are just not that team. But, like, he's the only guy I can theoretically see because you look at it like, okay, Hayes is a possibility. JVR is getting moved as long as anybody wants him. Connecty, we've decided, almost certainly isn't. Joe Faraby, like, I I just, you're selling low on him and he's young. He actually does fit your timeline. That doesn't make much sense, sense to me. Scott Lawton, Torts loves him. Nick DeLoria, yeah, good luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Owen oh, oh, Tippett, they like him. Cates, Torts, like, thinks he's, like, the greatest player ever. Frost and Allison, I mean, if you trade one of those guys, that's, like, an off-season move when you're trying to trade for, like, a veteran. Then you got Provorov, who, like, as we said, I think his name's out there. But, you know, I'm not expecting him to be moved at the deadline. It's possible. Sanheim has a set, an eight-year contract kicking in next season. He ain't got a lot of trade value. They're not trading York. They're not trading Carter-Hart. Like lining is lining. Like
2: do wait, but do you think anyone Someone told might the want other him? GM's about the good news of Rasmus <coughs> Maybe we just need to talk more about Got to
0: have playoff Risto.
2: Wait until you see playoff Risto. Are you in the playoffs?
1: Yeah. He's only yes? a decade into his career without ever making it.
2: Can we interest you in a Ristolainen? He will be great in the playoffs.
0: Oh, my God. But so, yeah, the only guy who I could see is like, maybe a a wild – and to be clear, I don't think he's going to get traded. But, like, D'Angelo at least makes some theoretical sense to me as, like, I could see how if they got bowled over with a surprise offer by a team that, like, you know, their number one defenseman gets hurt and they want to try to run for the playoffs. Like, I could see it. I could see it.
1: Charlie, yes. Norris Trophy, right now. Who are you voting for?
0: Um, that's a good question. I mean, what? Eric wow. Carlson's got like the most hype, right? I really haven't looked at the the numbers. Um, Carlson yeah,
1: could have a hundred point season.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, the Carlson story is really neat. Um, I, I I would really need to dive into the data and and see you know who's got the. Uh, you know, who's been the best at even strength, things like that. But, I mean, the Carlson story, purely as a, like, I haven't looked into this at all, at all, it does seem like the most compelling story. And, like, good for him. I'm you glad he... people
2: and your story. I'm
1: glad he's, ESPN. like, back to what he used to be. ESPN put out, uh, like, they do a lot of straw polls with awards voting. They talk to however many PHWA voters today. And... Carlson has like almost 60% of the first place votes. I think I saw and Rasmus Dahleen came in at number two.
0: So what I will say about Dahlin. So I have not really looked at Eric Carlson's underlying metrics. And my I boy have, Morrissey is, is falling off. I have looked at Rasmus Dahlin's underlying metrics and they fucking rule. And the reason why I know them is because I did a story on the day of the, the all-star game this weekend. It was basically like the five biggest all-star snubs. And I originally, like, I started writing that article earlier in the week because I wanted to, like, make sure it was good and do research and stuff, and Darlene was, like, the number one, like, he's a snub, I can't wait to talk this guy up, and I, like, was all ready to, like, you know, advocate for him, and then Tage Thompson, I think, got hurt, like, the the last game of the, uh, uh, before the break, and they had to bring, Mm -hmm. uh, and they had to bring um, uh, Darlene in, so then he wasn't a snub anymore because he actually was on the team. But no, Darlene's been killing it. And that's another, like, good for him. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of have given up on him as a, uh, you know, a true stud number one defenseman. And it seems like he was just coached really bad because ever since they changed coaches, Darlene's looked pretty damn good. Well, maybe that's been the
1: case with the other Rasmus from
0: Buffalo, too. I mean... They have so many. Look, this... The thing with Ristolainen is that his numbers this year underlying are pretty good. Now, granted, he's not scoring. Granted, he's not worth a $5.1 million cap in. But I do think (laughs) this is the first time. And this is really pathetic. Like, this is really pathetic. This is the first time in his career, I truly believe this, that a coaching staff was given Rastus Ristolainen and watched him play and was like, this dude stinks. He needs to make changes because every other coaching staff he's ever had has been like, no, he's big and he hits people and he gets points on the power play. This dude is the fucking man. Give him 26 minutes a night. And John Tortorella and uh, and Brad Shaw were the first two coaches, I think, in this guy's fucking career that were like okay, we watched this guy for a month and he is real bad. We need to change everything about him and mold him into a different (laughs) defenseman because who he is right now fucking sucks. Is there, like, a coaching revolution gonna happen? Like,
1: at some point, is the league gonna look at itself and go, the coaching is so bad. Like, they've taken all the fun out of the game and none of our players are any good. And, like,
2: I... I just Has the NHL ever once done something like that? Like something self-reflective that makes sense? I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. maybe
1: before I was born, or something.
2: Eh, no,
1: I, I don't know what happened. Maybe in the 80s. when all of
2: these people are dead and well, the eighties were fun.
0: I've heard. There
1: yeah, I heard the eighties were great, but I was born in eighty-eight. I don't. I don't know.
0: I also no, think I'm the problem because I, I, I was you're, born you're, in you're eighty-eight, the problem, and that's when that. yeah. no, yeah. I stopped going. No, I mean Risto's been better this year. Not to the point where, again, not to the point where he's worth that contract, which is still insane. But you, you heard for so many years that, like, Risto's got all these tools. You could mold him into a better defenseman. That was always what people said to the analytics people. Like, no, he's better than you think. He's just been coached poorly. And it's like, okay, well, maybe. But, like, somebody—like, ha- there has to be a coach— who comes in and acknowledges that he's been coached poorly. But all these coaches just kept coming in and being like, big man hits, love him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these are, this is the high, it doesn't get higher than this. This is the NHL, and it's happened to this one guy for like a decade. Yeah! There has to be it's like.
0: It's wild. It's bonkers.
1: <laughs> there has to be a groundswell. Like, there have to be good coaches somewhere. Like, did anybody watch the coming? tape
0: of this guy? Like, These like, did players did anyone anyone are
1: coming actually from somewhere? watch his fucking tape. Someone had to teach, like, Nathan McKinnon how to play. Let's get that guy. <laughs> I don't know. These guys have to, that's all. Like, they have to come from somewhere. you'd think the coaches are coming from the same place as these awesome players. Well, I
0: just, one of my (laughs) Loki's favorite Tortorella quotes this year, um, since I've started covering him was on Risto It was when he, um, when he scratched Risto for that game. And then he brought him back in the next game. And I wasn't me. I think it might've been Jordan Hall who asked him, What does Ristaline need to improve? And just said, everything. (laughs) (laughs) I almost started cracking up laughing in the room.
2: I mean, you have to say, though, like, it's pretty remarkable that they were able to fix him at all, given how long he's been bad.
0: Yeah. No, and I give so Risto, like, I give Risto credit for like being yeah. willing to take coaching and not just be like, "Hey, like I've been the number one defenseman on my teams pretty much every year before last." Like, so I'm, not being pro, he was not pro. I, you know, I kind of I thought of that as I was saying it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> the anti-pro.
0: No, I give him credit. Uh, he's he's legitimately when... kind of remaking himself into like a bigger, faster Justin Braun, which is, I mean, hey, not worth $5.1 million, it. but at least it's not, like, negative value on the ice. Yeah,
2: that's the thing. We're stuck with him, so if he can get a little bit better, like, that's very good for all of us.
0: Yeah.
1: So, we got the letter, and we got the news that season ticket holders are gonna be, you know, comped the games in April, basically. Um, you <laughs> know, if they renew, Yeah, if they were uh, new. When... So, we have, like... The organization acknowledge, at least in some way, the organization acknowledging... "Shit's bad, things need to change." Whatever." When does the first domino fall? Like, is it a deadline thing? Like, when does something actually happen? Someone gets fired, someone gets traded? Like... when? When do we actually see? something come of the words the coach has been saying since he
2: got hired. There's no way they they're letting like there's no way Chuck Fletcher is gonna be the guy making the pick of the draft, right?
0: <laughs> Kelly, do you really want to say that out loud?
2: <laughs> I wanna make it true, Charles.
0: I don't look if, if I, don't I had know. to put money on it, I would bet that Fletcher does not like that he is let go after these, Maybe not, like, immediately after the season, but, like, that he is let go in the offseason. That said, like, I don't think it is a foregone conclusion. I could see them deciding to keep him. Because, as you said, they really like him. They do like him. And, obviously, the, you know, as, as Steph refers to them, the tribunal, they really like Chuck. And they don't seem to be
2: going anywhere. Ever.
0: He's part of the team.
2: Ever.
1: Alright, do we all have right. anything Could, else?
2: What if we send What's Bob the Clark <laughs> a brochure for the villages? Do you think he knows about the villages in Florida? Do you think maybe <laughs> if we send him a brochure, he might be interested? I mean, he, like,
0: all these guys are basically retired. Like, they go away I know, for but long they're periods here. of time.
2: They need to go away for all the time. Yeah, all it's all just
0: like, time. when a job opens up, they
1: go, Hey, Bob, you know anyone? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah that, really that is, nice. yeah,
0: that is basically, Stop
2: yeah. Yeah, be. yeah like, it,
1: isn't golf fulfilling enough?
2: Everyone I, loves golf. <laughs> what, I, what I've heard.
1: Just enjoy, like, you know, there's going to be gold. a parade. There's going to be a parade next Thursday. Just enjoy it as a citizen. Yeah, you gave that's... us two as a player. Now get to enjoy it as just Citizen Bob. Yeah, you can.
0: Citizen You're... Bob? Oh my God.
2: Yeah. Your watch is over, sir. Uh, yeah, you did Thank it, you. man. Thank you for Thank you. your service. For
1: your service. <laughs> you know, you fucked us more than the, the two championships you gave us, but you gave us those two. Kelly, thanks. I,
0: <laughs> I did find your interaction on Twitter funny today about, like, there was that poll about, like, the oh, worst yeah. GM. And, I mean, you make, like, look, I understand why most people look at that poll. The, what, the four options were, I believe, it was Clark, Holmgren, Fletcher, and Hextall. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand why people look at it. And I, I totally get this. I understand why people look at it and they say, okay, look, like, obviously Chuck did a really bad, is doing a really bad job. Hextall, like, whereas, like, Clark and Holmgren at least built, like, legitimately good teams that could have won the championship. However, Kelly, they didn't Kelly, I I get with your argument. With an unlimited budget, yeah, Bob yeah, Clark couldn't figure could out. It. They need... It's Clint, fair.
2: They could He could have gotten any player, literally, any player he wanted.
1: And, like, the he best defenseman was Eric Desjardins.
2: The blank check. He could have like, gotten any player. He could have went out and purchased the entire all-star roster from that, from any given season in the 90s. He just didn't know how to put an entire team together. And also had the Connor McDavid of his generation and was like, fuck this guy, he's a pussy, he keeps getting hit in the head. Like, what? Never gave him a goal. T- like, he had... Here's Ron Hextall again. Yeah, it's, it, it, the, I, listen, competitive teams are competitive teams, but y- you didn't win shit. And I'm very tired of the idea that just and they, being competitive is good like, enough. Like, compe- I'm, like I'm, I don't want, I don't want the team to, to get to the third round every year for the next 10 years. I don't want that they, anymore. Well, but I they understand the argument that. that like, it's a hell like, of a lot better to- than what
0: they have now, but.
2: Oh, okay, yes, but like getting and yeah, getting hit in the head with a hammer
0: and not getting hit in the head with a hammer.
1: I'll choose not getting hit in the head with
0: a hammer. But yeah. like, <laughs> well, I I think Kelly, I think your best argument in this debate isn't even necessarily that like, well, I'm done with just like just winning. I want cups. I get that, but I think your better argument really is that if Bob Clark couldn't win a championship with all of those things at his disposal, yes. imagine how bad of a GM he would be in the cap year. I mean, Zero we saw
2: restrictions. Yeah, We he, saw
0: it. He yeah. was a GM for two years of a
1: cap team. The second year he fucking quit in month two <laughs> because they were so bad, and they went 22 and 60? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, like, no. like Clark was, in essence, general managing the team on easy mode in, you know, EA Sports and yes. NHL video games.
2: Like he was. Offside was off. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so while but his results say, were like, objectively at least they better. Were in the playoffs. Yeah, like
0: his results were objectively <laughs> better, but like I, well, I, here's would, the thing. I would like to think that they'd Chuck Fletcher, given those advantages, would be have able to, to at least be. create a playoff team. How,
2: how fucking bad would mm. you have to be to have Bob Clark's resources and freedom and not make the playoffs? I don't know. No, like, and,
0: ask the, ask the New York Rangers of that era. Yeah.
1: No. Exactly. <laughs> think about, like, think about how bad. Yeah. No. You're you're absolutely right. I forget where I was going with that, but yeah. What was it Glenn
0: Sather was the GM back then?
2: Yeah. The youths like, just don't have enough respect. Think for about what the happened to the league. The pre-cap era. Yeah. They think about
1: they what understand. happened to the league. Nobody had any money except like five fucking teams. Yeah.
2: Like it was the and best.
1: That, so they had to go out of business for a year.
2: they were tired of these rich assholes paying players all of this money they had to put a stop to it
1: yeah like keith primo's contract the exact same as sean couturier's like ridiculous the four million (laughs) one not even the new one yeah yeah (laughs) all right uh are are we done i think so all right That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. And uh, you'll find this and some other stuff. There'll be more eventually. You probably know what's going on right now. And uh, because of that, none of us incredibly motivated to create extra content. But it will be coming again soon. Uh, Much like the Flyers, the promise of tomorrow is great. Uh no, actually we we have light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Unlike the flyers. Alright, that's it. My name is Bill Matz for Kelly, for Charlie. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?
2: Yeah! <laughs>